Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Today I am joined by Ben Whitaker. Hi Ben, how are you? I am very well, thanks Steph. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I've been looking to our, looking forward to our conversation because we've chatted quite a bit recently about education, about quality in education, mainly focusing on FE, but we all we often get into the realms of just general big topics, big things. And today I thought it'd be really good to talk about where we're at in in this whole um, evolution of education, considering the pandemic, but with a little focus on technology, being that your specialist subject. Oh, well, I suppose, (laughs) maybe, just because I've got got a fancy mic, probably, and some headphones on. (laughs) Exactly. No, um, I really value your input on um ed tech and you're involved in lots of conversations with lots of different people i think i thought it would be quite good just to revisit that um some of the discussions that's been had so far actually so we started out last year didn't we um hoping that the world would change in education and we had to change we had to change um but we've seen lots of things happen over this last 18 months and we found ourselves one half term into a new academic year and now the playing field is very varied across the sector so what have you been seeing in terms of great stuff um but what are the big questions that are big thoughts that are coming up for you um okay so what i've been seeing is that absolutely what you just said there that varied playing field the saddest thing i've seen is um and this is with schools and colleges um who were given devices by the dfe and i i i do berate the dfe quite a lot but in one thing there it feels it feels like they they did get that right because we acknowledge that there was an issue with equity and the fact that people didn't have and young people didn't have and i know they still don't have but they did a lot of work there to try and get devices into people's hands 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 um, and then um, what the conversation has been had is that these devices have gone out and uh, then they've come back into the building and we want to return back to normal, as they keep saying. And uh, a couple of heads that I've spoke to have been around, um, well, we, them, them devices can be for home now. We can just use that for homework. Uh, and I just thought, hmm, this was a real opportunity. And our friend, mutual friend, Bob Harrison, says quite clearly multiple times, we can't put the genie back in the bottle but it feels very much like people have started to, to do that. So that's that's been the, probably the saddest thing I've seen in terms of the use of tech post, post lockdowns. And I know that we're not totally out of the woods there, but post the major lockdowns. But in terms of like some really nice things that have been being seen is how schools and colleges and some universities actually have worked to embed this blended model. Um, I heard a lot of talk about... And this is this is one of the big it ties into one of the big questions actually. I heard a lot of talk about whether we need to create a digital strategy 
um, and every college needs a digital strategy. Let's write a digital strategy. And something in me just didn't, that didn't sit right. Mm -hmm. And again, another mutual friend of ours, Steve Hawke, while he was at Leeds City College, said one of these these things as well. Um, And we kind of bounced a few ideas around this, uh, around the podcast, on our podcast and stuff, which was around, do we really need a digital strategy? Or do we need a good teaching, learning, assessment strategy and a good cultural strategy and vision of values of what we are as a college or a school that embeds digital um, rather than saying this is what we are doing for every digital um, and having digital as kind of weaving through everything. Um, so that's that's a big question for me now still on why have we gone? Let's do everything digital. Let's mm-hmm. let's have a, a big focus on this. And if I, sorry to just spout on again, but it was really evident as well in a conversation I had with a colleague on Friday this last week, which was this idea that there was a presumption from all of us in education that it was the teachers or the educators that needed digital skills training and that our children and young people will be were absolutely savvy at this and could do it. And just because they can use Instagram and just because they love a bit of TikTok doesn't necessarily mean that they are all fair with sending an email, attaching documents, collaborating online, using a, a video call, being able to access a link, then kind of things they, they haven't necessarily got embedded. So there's still a, a, a huge need for digital skills as part of a wider teaching and learning assessment skill set. Isn't it interesting? And I know um, we didn't even do major introductions, but I'm hoping people kind of know who you are. But um, and that's because we we just like always do this dive into um, conversations about things we've been thinking about. But you do all sorts of stuff and we'll get to some of that. But um, that, as you mentioned, you've got the Edge Futurist podcast and you've been having this conversation about digital strategy. It's interesting for me working in colleges because I'm almost I definitely think it's not a separate thing. So it's not about having digital seen as a separate thing. However, and I don't know where you've got to with your conversations on your podcast, actually, but I'd love this is where we can go. If we don't have a almost like the way in my mind, I keep imagining it in the minute is like an appendix to the teaching and learning strategy. And we don't have a direction and a clear vision and some KPIs that go with that by which we can um, see our progress over time and give people a real idea about what we're trying to achieve. I'm not sure that we would have a clear enough message to drive change of behaviour. And I don't think I'm really explaining it that well because I'm not the person that wants KPIs for everything. I'm the, I'm the person that like really values culture and always ask this question about how do you measure culture? You know, I'm always talking about those things. However, up another part of the feedback that I keep getting is if it's not clear, if there's not a, almost like a definition, if you like, of where we're trying to go and how we're trying to get there, and we don't have milestones and markers by which we monitor and measure that. Some staff, some teams feel like it's too woolly. Yeah. If it's not clearly defined. Agreed. So that for me at the minute feels a bit conflicting. Um, okay. So how, what do you think about that? Um, I think, I don't think it's an either or. 
that's the, that's the important thing. I think often what we do in in education is create false dichotomies and just say it's knowledge or skills. <laughs> no, it's not. It's both of those things. It's not teaching learning assessment versus a digital. I do my, my personal preference is that digital is weaved through. Um, if people build the digital strategy, because obviously in some of the things that are digital, things like cybersecurity, things like um, uh, safeguarding and cyber and bullying and the things that go with that, mm-hmm. um, they are they are probably separate entities that do need coverage. What I'm talking about is 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 perhaps, and that's therefore it does make it um, measurable um, KPIs that you can say, well, actually, what we're doing is protecting this many students. This is how we're making sure that this kind of cyber attack doesn't happen from ransomware or whatever else we're using. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking is, and the reason why where I've got to where I've got to is that if you think about what we would talk about in terms of good teaching and learning mm-hmm. and, and, and the kind of things that we'd want to see and the kind of things that we want to develop in young people and the things that we want to develop in our educators, there's probably a digital solution or a number of digital solutions that help us solve that. Um, and it's that whole whole thing for me of, and again, this conversation was had very, very recently with a college, which was often we are trying to give a solution to a problem that we don't really know what the problem is. Mm. And if, 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 if I learned anything from time doing doing training with google and whatever else that definition and defining a problem and spending enough time defining a problem um that abraham lincoln quote about if i had eight hours to chop down a tree and spend the first however long of it the majority of that time sharpening the axe rather than just whacking at a tree my argument is is that we need to know what the problems are and what we're trying to solve before we try and give a solution but if i give it if i give an example um if we're thinking about um checks on learning um and and we would say that all of us would say that a good lesson or a good scheme of work or a good half terms units worth of work would have multiple checkpoints for formative assessment that would that would kind of inform planning going forward and that we would know that that is kind of fundamental in 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 in, a, in any kind of quality measure now technology can help us do that and that's why I think digital is embedded into that because I would argue that doing a doing a here he is Google Ben doing a Google form at a regular point that's it's a self-marking quiz that gives us a position of where we are, and then gives us a position of our class over time, and it also gives us a position of what are the things that the majority of students are getting and that they're not getting that then informs my planning. So it's not just a scheme of work that's six weeks long and I'm getting through that six weeks. It's a um, I'm, I'm, I'm having checkpoints and no starting points and tech can help me get starting points. I can see checkpoints and then therefore I can, I can readjust and I can have a living, breathing, workable um, scheme of learning that helps develop that. So that's, that for me is why I think it's embedded, but I do acknowledge that there are some elements that need to be um, externally measured and, and, and perhaps as that appendix, like you were saying, yeah, it's really interesting one for me because I I have always been pedagogy first. So I've always me been... Me too, me too, by the way. Yeah, and, you know, it's always been about, okay, what are the things that enhance learning? What are the things that enhance student experience or student engagement in learning? And then, like you say, so 
for me, I always go to the top three. You know, I love the um, Education Endowment Foundation sort of research, teaching and learning toolkit because it helps, it gives me the rationale behind some of the things that are seen as powerful for learning. So top three, um, collaborative learning, feedback, and metacognition. So for me, if we're going to be, I always think, well, if we're going to be clever about it, let's focus on those three things as some of the key teaching and learning strategies that we're going to promote. So I would promote those three, but I wouldn't promote necessarily a separate technology agenda there. I would look at collaboration, for example. And as we were having that conversation very recently is about how technology can help us enhance the collaborative learning yeah. and also um that student co-production of of whatever it is that we're asking them to do to apply their learning and then be able to get feedback on it you know um within a lesson technology it helps us to do that and it can and there's lots of really great ways of doing that that are really engaging and like you say it's not about having a separate agenda there but it's how do we how do we encourage change? How do we how do we support people to um, get a clear understanding of what that is? So one of the questions that keeps bumbling around in my mind is what needs to be in place to make real change happen? And for me, there's sort of three things. Well, initial three things. One is about culture, and you've already mentioned that around approach and, and the things that we're saying. Oh, and by the way, I always Google and go back to Googling the definition of culture because I think we've, we we think we know what that is. But its um, initial sort of definition is the ideas, customs, and social behaviors of a group of people. And for me, that includes language as well. So for me, what are the normalized ideas, customs and social behaviors and language around technology in an institution, in an organization that will tell you what the culture is like around digital technology and digital learning. And I think that's a good start point for any organization to say, what are our normal behaviors? What are our normal ideas language and so, what are those social norms around if i can um, jump in if i can yeah, jump in well, on that first bit yeah. when you're talking about um that idea about language and about culture around technology i think you've you've got to be really careful that people are singing from the same hymn sheet because that's culture is about when you said that about shared behavior shared language shared and it, and it is that because i think if you talk to a lot of um ELTs or SMTs, they'll talk very much like, yeah, we've got this. And then you speak to a teacher on the ground or you speak to middle managers and we say it's not embedded because we've got three different systems going on. We've got a canvas here. We've got a Teams here. We're doing a bit of classroom here. We might we might do a, a Moodle thing here. We've got Blackboard going on. And the teachers are like, ah. And the IT staff are all like, and I, I, don't, I don't beat IT staff, but you know, I, I have my story about, this idea about living in their cave of shiny things that Dave Leonard from Matthew Moss talks about quite a lot. This it's, it's really, um, it, I suppose there's a, there's a, there's a issue that you, is that shared language is that shared culture yeah. right the way threaded through your organization. Cause if it's not, and the majority of people are not talking the same way, 
then then there's not a culture around strategy, around technology. Yeah, and and that's where I often um, some of the work that I've been doing is a lot is kind of trying to highlight that piece of work first. We can't focus on the shiny things until we've got that shared vision, shared language, shared attitude almost and yeah. approach because even if there are so if the current situation is that people are speaking a different language and someone's got a story that well we've got all this in place and then we've got another story there that actually we can't make it make it work or there's all this sort of conflicting stuff going on we haven't yet got to a point where we can talk about the shiny things because there's some work to do there and that can be the hard work but I would encourage every team to not just have their own story about what's going on, to realise their own role and own part in the stories that currently exist across an organisation if everybody is not speaking the same language or speaking, yeah. sort of working towards the same goals. That's quite hard in real life, isn't it, to, to, to wrangle through? But it's the work that has to be done. Yeah, I think the conversations that you have with some of the schools and colleges and departments that are that are flying um, is that they're they're desperate to share it. Um, and in fact, some of the best um, best best people in the sector, Scott Hayden at Basingstoke, just a top bloke who always wants to share what he's doing. Uh, Kev Bradshaw, Steve Spence, loads of them. Steve Hawke was like that before he, he crossed over to the dark side and work, went to work in corporate. <laughs> but like regularly, they'd just be on the end of a phone. Um, what can what can we help you with? Um, here's here's a, a document that I've put together. Here's some training I've done for my staff. You might want to do, use it. or And that kind of thing is is what I think what you're talking about there in, in that I've been in places where there's a, a really strong department in terms of their digital skills and they've got loads of staff that are, that are embedding it. And then down the corridor, um, there's a department or a division that's really struggling. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do? Have we got, have, do we try and evangelize and proselytize so that everybody else gets what we get, but or realize that that's a battle that is 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 a, is a difficult battle to win, and it's not it's not about winning or losing, but it's a difficult battle to 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 get through. When you've actually got your own division that you want to just make make sure that, but then a rising tide lifts all ships, or should do. So that's 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 a tension of should I focus on my area and make sure that's like outstanding the best it can be, mm-hmm. or should I be happy with good in my area so that I can share it with other people? Yeah, and it's it's a, it's difficult. Yeah, it is. And I've been trying to put mechanisms in place where um, curriculum managers are focusing heavily on quality development in their areas. But at the same time, there is a chat space going on where we're sharing the things that are working well, the, thing, the efforts that people are making, the behaviours in teams that we want to recognise as positive you know, um, attitudes and behaviours of different staff. And then, like you say, share what we're doing and that doesn't need to be onerous I think sometimes you know I've heard it quite a lot of times over the years which is I don't want to be outstanding because then I have to share what I do you know as a teacher (laughs) as a teacher um and actually that's because 
once we've got some amazing practice, we do all these things that mean people have more work to do, but sharing shouldn't mean more work for anybody. Um, so it's, it's, it is an interesting conversation. Um, but the other thing you reminded me actually of um, the other thing that I wrote down, because I wrote down culture, connectivity and support. And connectivity can mean different things. It can simply mean people that can connect to the Wi-Fi and be connected to the Wi-Fi in a, in a solid way. As you can tell, I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I don't need to know the ins and outs of what that really means. But all I know is that I need to feel like I'm connected to the Wi-Fi easily and I'm going to stay there when I'm when I'm in work. And then, but it can also mean and link to this thing that I'm getting at with support. I need to feel connected to other people and I need to probably feel connected to a vision because if I don't feel connected to the vision or I don't feel connected to the sort of teaching and learning mission that we're on and I don't feel connected to other people I'm going to feel really like unsure of what anybody's asking of me but also unsupported so what keeps coming up for me you mentioned collaboration and sharing before collaboration for me is just like is so important but and it means lots of different things to me actually but um, feeling people feeling supported um, that can come up from lots of different places can it that can come from your line manager in the support and the way that we're going to as a team move forward with technology but it can also mean um, things like collaborative planning and collaborative inquiry and having someone there so for example if um, if an organization has digital coaches or some sort of support mechanism that you can do some collaborative planning with rough planning it doesn't need to be like hours long it's just 20 minute conversation this is what I'm planning to do how else can I use technology or I've been using this sort of technology and I've been struggling with that bit but what do you think and this is what I'm trying to do or it can even be where you've got that support mechanism and people come in and actually help you get going with the technology in the classroom almost like a team teach type approach but can literally just be 10-15 minutes of getting going with something before someone like then leaves you to it I don't know what do you think I like it um I, I, I think I'll get get to that because I think it ties into what I'm about to say which yeah. is um I I'm absolutely a believer that everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. Um, but I also don't believe that leadership is just about the person or people at the top of an organization. Um, leadership is influence. In my my definition, you can obviously I've done lots of stuff on leadership and management training and stuff in the college that I was in previously. Um, but my 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 the best definition I've ever found is that leadership is influence. So wherever you are. Um, it's looking behind you and see if anybody's following you. And if if they're not, then you probably ask a question of whether you're a leader. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need to have a position to be a leader. I think you can lead from the middle. You can lead from the bottom, whatever you want to be. You can be a leader in, in your field. And um, I think that's important to, to understand in this context here that um, leadership is about those who, who go before um and and kind of blaze a trail so to speak and i think if you don't if you go on your own then you're not leading you just you might be leading yourself but you're not necessarily leading anything so i would suggest then coming back to connecting and sharing that this idea of 
team teaching, this idea of um, that I do, you watch, you do, I watch, mm. we do, whatever we do. And that, 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 that journey, I've just absolutely ruined that analogy. But I do, you watch, we do, you do, I watch, you do. That concept is a, is a really powerful um, measure that says, mm -hmm. for those people who are less confident, and this is, this is it. When you talk about connectivity and support and culture, mm -hmm. we've got to have a culture, first of all, that allows for risk-taking. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that we're on the same page on that. A culture that has, that has got radical candor, so that people say what needs to be said, but actually care about other people's development. Yeah. But then in that same way, is that culture of, or that and that kind of mentality that says, it's okay mm. to have a try at something, and I will help you do that first. Mm. I won't do it for you forever, but I will help you. And that that comes from knowing that there's somebody that's not going to laugh at you if you um, struggle to find where the stream is on Google Classroom or um, you, you mute yourself all the time or you can't get your video the right way around or whatever it is, it's about somebody being, I suppose, open enough and vulnerable. And, you know, I, I use that word every single time I have a conversation, um, being vulnerable enough to kind of, rumble through that, work away, say, I'm struggling with this. I'm not doing it very well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I want to get better at it. And then somebody who is a little bit further on down the journey saying, okay, but what is it you want to do? What's the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah. Let's work through it together. And you talked about coaching. I am um, so passionate about coaching as a concept mm -hmm. because I've lived and breathed in every leadership position I've had, not leadership in general, but in every leadership position I had, a battle against this idea of judgment. Yeah. Um, and I, and um, I, I just, I, I have to be careful what I say, but it just absolutely does not sit with me because it's, it's, it's about a measuring time, a stake point in time that mm. could have been loads of reasons why that lesson was like that or that teacher was in that way or that class went that way it did. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's a judgment that sits over somebody forever and it sits with them and, it, and then their whole lives and careers can be ruined because of it. But if you sit with a person and say, what are we developing? What is it we're looking to develop? And even if you give them some guidance that says one of your targets needs to be around using technology, one of them needs to be about X, Y, and Z. Um, so you've structured it as a, as, a, as a manager or as a, as a head of division or a head of department or whatever else, but then okay how do we do this together what is it what what would what would success look like here and then you coach that out and somebody who is anybody who's listened to this will know um somebody who is wants to control the conversation and wants to and wants to be give all the answers all the time it's about me as a coach being able to say um what, what is it you want to do and not just telling them the answers and coaching them through well, to get just, the answers you've just reminded me of a podcast I listened to um last week I think it was and there'll be no surprise it was Brené Brown podcast um but it was from a little while ago actually and I must have missed one um but it was a little while ago and um it's uh, it was with the guy who wrote the book The Coaching Habit yeah. and um his other book is called The Advice Trap and I can remember his last name it's Stania but I can't remember the rest of his name um but he they were talking about can you stay curious a little bit longer so when you're in sort of a conversation with another person and even if they are asking you for advice it's about 
like staying curious a little bit longer and asking the questions that will allow that person to explore their thinking a little bit more. And um, what I did love about it was it, he, some of the questions are seven questions, I think, and I can't remember all of them, but um, one of them or a couple of them on the end has, um, it says for you. So for example, one of them was, what are the challenges with this for you? So it's very much about the person. It's not about the organization or all the other things that create noise. It's about for you as a person, what's your key challenge? Um, and, and it is, it's about having the support mechanisms by which people feel that they can in that initial phase, have their hand held a little bit like you say you're not going to do that forever but there is that there needs to be the pathways there needs to be the support mechanisms by which people can um evaluate and reflect and progress with their practice so what what's kind of um i suppose what's i feel sort of strongly about at the minute is there's a lot happened isn't there there's a lot happened there's a lots of um skills have been developed and there's now this variable approach to online and blended models there's lots of variability with people's skills about what they're confident with um, but I think there's a couple of things that need to happen one is I think organizations should review what they've put online and what their blended model looks like and yeah. what that's saying so there's been a couple of places or a few places that I've talked to who have put their group tutorials and their personal tutorials online. And there's almost like an air of because they're less important. And that's a really interesting message, isn't it? it yeah, it very much is. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I think that idea that somehow it's all about the the main thing is their qual and somehow the qual is the only reason why they're in college is mm. um it flies in the face of any any reason why most people but, but i think any person became a teacher yeah. we didn't become we did we none of us became a teacher to make sure that um people get good grades alone that's, that's the yeah. only that's not the only thing we do we care about young people we want them to flourish we want them to be able to if you didn't have tutorial properly then how would they write cvs and personal statements how will they um navigate some of the challenges particularly recently mm -hmm. some of the na navigating some of the challenges and, and other than that like those people who are listening don't know that my background is an re teacher um, so you can imagine I love that as because of we need to we need to talk about how we deal with different types of people and how not deal with but how do we interact with and, mm -hmm. and, and understand other people and that's what that's what the tutorial time for me is about it's about the individual one-to-ones are about developing a young person and therefore it's seen in the whites of an eye um, and understanding where they are, but also in a group where they can they can kind of shape themselves and grow into a into a person. I think the reason why um, colleges and schools have put less value on that is because there's a pressure somehow that there's no grading on a on a on a, on a tutorial session. There's no league table about how well you're doing uh, mm -hmm. developing students' British values. 
there's no league table on that, but there is a league table on on how many A's and A stars they get. And I think that's what it sits, sits down to, isn't it? Yeah, and however, and there's always a, a however, is the colleges and the schools that are considered outstanding are often the ones where you can see the most significant um, ambition for learners. And yeah, there's no, it's hard to put grades or measures against those things, but those schools and colleges who make the biggest difference to students in terms of their personal development, their the ambition for themselves, their resilience, their prospects going out in, you know, into the future are often the ones that are considered outstanding. And actually, um, as you were saying, that that the main reason people came into education is to make a difference. And um, so it's, it's interesting for me what, how people are choosing certain things to go online. Um, but there's still, you know, it's still at least people are trying and people are thinking, OK, well, we won't throw everything away that we've learned. We'll still try to do some of this sort of blended approach. But actually, then if we think about go back to talk about classroom practice, those that are making sort of um, an, sort of a new path, if you like, will be those that are taking all the lessons learned with technology, focusing on pedagogy and now really making in-class time sort of really different almost in terms of how technology is used, how students are engaged in technology. But really importantly, we mentioned this really earlier on, is the digital capabilities that they will then go out into the world of work, into industry with, because like I say, they can use social media but they can't necessarily um, do the things that we would expect them to be able to do going into industry and using technology and digital digital mm-hmm. tools in industry. So we have to have that conscious approach, clear approach, what we're trying to do. And then we, as an organization, I think we need to decide, well, and how are we going to get there? Yeah. And I think at the minute, everyone's just gone, Right, let's go. Let's just go into this new year. Let's just do this new year. It feels hectic, doesn't it? Mm. But I think maybe that reflection point of what are we trying to do and how are we trying to do it? If people didn't have those conversations in summer, then now is kind of the time to just do that check-in. What are we trying to do and how are we trying to do it? And what are the ways in which staff are being supported to be able to do that? Yeah. I think it's really important. Any final words of wisdom from you, Ben? Don't know if they're wise, but um, final final thoughts would always be around. Um, you mentioned pedagogy first. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think actually, if knowing you, Steph, I think actually the thing that both of us agree on is that it's probably people first, then pedagogy yeah. second, and then technology third. I know what you were meaning in that, but yeah. for us. Um, or it's about people development and all of this is about young people's development and their holistic development. Mm-hmm. It's about teacher development. Like we're not all, we're none of us have got a, a, a pathway that's straight mm-hmm. and vaulting that success squiggle and what we think success looks like and what it actually looks like. Um, and I think in my perspective is that if, if we understand people and we care about people, 
really mm-hmm. then we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to challenge directly i know i'm, I'm putting a kind of um, things back onto radical candor but i also am, 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 am believing that we've got to believe in people and and their own development we're not all going to become google trainers or mies we're not all going to be that not everybody desires to be that mm-hmm. um but we've got to get people on a journey that i say this quite a lot i've nicked it i don't know who i've nicked it from but i've definitely nicked it which is that technology won't replace teachers but teachers who use technology are likely to replace those that don't. So how do we get every person on that route and on that route to being successful with using technology, but also developing them as a, as a person so they feel confident um, and, and and kind of resilient? So, yeah, people first, pedagogy second, technology third. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ben. It's been great. No problem. Thanks, Steph. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.